I'm Sam Dingman. And I'm Mac Montandon. And on our new podcast, The Rumor, we're trying to figure out if the Orioles faked a power outage in 1997. The answer involves Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr., Hollywood Hall of Famer Kevin Costner, and a renegade cop who goes by Mad Dog. We're going to try to unravel this mystery before this mystery unravels us. Listen to The Rumor on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by WinBet. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And that's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, baby? And I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about the West. It's going to be it's going to be a wild West this year. So I'm ready to get into it. Got our boy Greg on to talk about the West as well. So let's get into it. Oh, yeah, man. You already know we got a familiar face on the pod again. We had to bring back a great guest, man. Greg Foster. Greg, we are very happy to have you back on, man. You want to say a little bit about, about yourself again to the fans? Hi, boys. <laughs> nice to see you guys again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Greg. I am the co-host of the Unsalvageable podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I host that with Sarah Todd, who is the beat reporter for the Utah Jazz for the uh, Deseret News, a local paper here. We cover all things NBA, obviously jazz focused. And when I say jazz focused, I mean, we mostly just talk about how cool and handsome Jordan Clarkson is. (laughs) man it's a very it's a very it's a very niche podcast (laughs) that that that, that's perfect man that that that's perfect to have you on here greg well because you're such a jazz fan the jazz are looking very good this year man so this is this is perfect man so uh there's a lot of reason for optimism there is a lot of reason for optimism in utah man so let's get straight into this man because uh we got some stuff to talk about today man so the way the way uh, we're going to do this, guys, for all, all the fans at home is I'm going to go ahead and list off my teams that I do, do not have making the play in tournament. Greg and Jay Hill at any time, if you guys are like what I disagree, feel free to jump right in. And then uh, and then Jay Hill go and then Greg and then after we can go from 10 to one. And then um, and we'll just do that, man. You, we, you guys cool with that? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So let me start with my. 15th seed i have the okc thunder any objections i think the houston rockets will probably be right there as well but i mean i feel like okc and houston are pretty interchangeable you know they're both teams who i think are actively tanking i think i lean a little bit more to uh houston simply because I think uh, Shy Gil, just Alexander, is a very good player, and he's going to just simply win some games for Oklahoma City because he is that good of a player. And I don't think that Houston necessarily has a guy like that. I'm high on on their rookie, who's a Jalen. Uh, yeah, Jalen Green. I think he's nice, but you know, I never put a whole lot of stock in rookies in like really elevating a team ceiling. Okay, J- Jay, what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with Greg on the fact that I think Shea is going to have, you know, a breakout year. Obviously, he was injured for a great, a larger portion of the season last year. But here's why I think they'll be the last seed is because, number one, they're actively tanking. They have made it clear that they want all the draft picks they can get. And I think they're gunning for that 
yeah. one that one spot, you know, that the number one pick next year. But I think that, you know, Houston, one guy didn't mention is Kevin Porter Jr. Plus Chris, uh, Chris Wood are going to be, you know, those go-to guys for Houston. So that's why I think it's, it's going to be very close and be a very tight race. Obviously they're going to be competing to, you know, get that one spot and be kind of 15th. But I think I, I have more faith in those two. Uh, two is greater than one at the end of the day. So that's why yeah. I think, I think uh, Houston's going to be higher. Okay. All right. And then at my 14th seed, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Kind of crazy to say. Any objections? Greg, you're not feeling that one? No, I'm, I'm, I don't think that they're a playoff team or a play-in team. I don't know if they're the second worst team in the league. And maybe I just have a lot of like Popovich nostalgia there. I just have a hard time accepting that a Popovich team is going to be the second worst team in the Western Conference. That's crazy to think about because, you know, our entire lifetime watching the NBA, the, the Spurs have just been competing every single year. But yeah. what about you, Jay? Yeah, no way. I don't think. Pop's going to let his team be the second worst team in the NBA or sorry, in the Western conference. So I just have a hard time believing that. So I have Houston in the 14th spot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got Houston in the 14th and then let's go to, let's go to the 13th. I, that's where I put Houston. Cause I, I like how you said, Jay, I have a lot of, uh, of weight on Christian Wood on, on Jalen green on, uh, on these rookies being able to pull it together. But who you, who you guys got in your 13th team? I got the Kings uh, in the 13th spot right now, and it might be might be late. And just another reason why I just I just don't know what the Kings are really doing. Are, are they trying to compete for a playing spot? Are they you know are they trying to tank? And it's been that like that for a few years. I mean, they're right on the cusp uh, of playoffs for you know a large portion of the season last year, and then they just fell off. Whether it be injuries you know, cohesion. I don't know what it, what you want to call it. I'm not a firm believer in Luke Walton as well. I think uh, as he's long as trash. he's there, I, I, I don't think he's a very good coach. So as long as he's there, I think I have, you know, uh, Sacramento at the bottom of the West. Yeah, man. I got to agree. I just, I never know what the Kings are doing. Like it always seems like the, the Kings are right in between like, trying to fill a competitive squad and like just blowing everything up, you know, and they, like, they might have the worst draft history in the NBA, I think. And like their free agent acquisitions didn't make any sense. They've got like six centers on their roster. Like, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm, I'm saying we have to free De'Aaron Fox. He's too good of a player. He's like top tier cool guy in the NBA. Like if, if any NBA head who watches him knows how good he is and like how exciting he is, he put up like close to 30 and six after the all-star break last year. Like my man needs a new home. Can we just send Ben Simmons to Sacramento so that De'Aaron Fox can play for Philly? I've been, that's, that has been my like big uh, Hail Mary trade that I want. We got to free the kid. He's too good. But yeah, my 13th, 13th seed is the Kings. Yeah, while we're on the line along the lines of the Kings, let me just go ahead and add it. Cause I, I got, I got the Kings in, in the 12th seed for me and to, and I have the same thing right here on my, on my notes. I have that the Kings have a bunch of good individual players, you know, De'Aaron Fox. I'm still a huge believer in Marvin Bagley. I just think that the Kings and Luke Walden isn't a system for him. Isn't just, is not the system for, uh for him, man. But, yeah, like they that. don't exactly do a good job of developing players in Sacramento. No. They don't at all. They don't. They give up on them 
way too quick or they just pick the wrong players, man. Or they just simply don't know how to develop players. Right. Like it doesn't seem like they really have like much of a process there or like an order of operations, you know, like there's a way to get players better. It's one of the things that uh, I give a ton of credit to the Utah jazz for. I mean, look at, look at players like, you know, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, you know, even Donovan Mitchell, who came in the league and, you know, was a rookie of the year candidate. If you look at him now in comparison to where he was his rookie season, it's a night and day difference as far as like decision making and, you know, where to be on the court and, and, and just little nuances of the game like that. And the Jazz do such a good job and they have like a, a bona fide process there that I just don't see in Sacramento at all. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a lot of problems in Sacramento, man. It, it goes from players to head coach to front office. It's just all over the place. In it's a mess, man. It is a mess. And it's a bummer because, like, the Kings have such a passionate fan base, and they just – they deserve so much better. Yeah, yeah they do. But, Jay, Jay Hill, talk to me uh, about who, who you got in the 12th seed. Uh, in the 12th seed, I got the Spurs uh, just because obviously, you know, losing DeMar DeRozan, who was their number one option last year. And they just have a lot of young talent there. Obviously, Derek White, I'm, I'm not too sold on his, you know, his field goal percentage, his efficiency. And then you look at DeJounte Murray, they're shooting. Keldon Johnson's another young player that I like. Obviously, they just up and down. They got a young roster. Obviously, they made some additions from from trades. Um, you know, Doug McDermott comes to mind, but I still am yeah, not sold yeah. on them being a legit contender. And they were they were a play in team last year, who was obviously bounced by uh, by Memphis. But I didn't don't think they got better. So it's no reason for me to believe that they'd be in the play-in conversation. They're just right outside looking in at that 12 speed for me. Yeah, I got to agree wholeheartedly. I don't have any sort of counter argument there. Okay. All right. So, so then let's, let's move on to that 11th seed. And that's where I have, unfortunately, I have to put them here. I, I want them to do better, man. But the Timberwolves, they have such a better roster than the 11th seed, man. But it's just a letdown year after year after year. I just – I'm tired of putting my hopes into this team yeah. and seeing nothing come about it, man. But so unfortunately I have to put this super talented Timberwolves team in the 11th seed. Yeah. I I'm with you there in that, like, it's really just gotten to the point where I, I have to put them there until I'm proven otherwise. Cause I do agree. I think Anthony Edwards is, is awesome. I think he's the type of guy who, you know, later on in, in his career could lead the league in scoring. He's like that type of a player. We all know the type of player that Cat is. D'Angelo Russell's been an all-star before. Like, but yeah, it's kind of that same, same problems as you see in in Sacramento, whether it's just it's coaching, it's front office. There just never seems to be like cohesion or chemistry there, you know, and it's why they've lost players in the past, like Kevin Garnett and Kevin Love and like yeah, it there just doesn't seem to be a lot of like cohesion or or fluidity or chemistry at all in that franchise, which is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. But Jay, I saw I seen the facial expression when I said Timber, Timberwolves. So talk to me. I think this is their year. Uh, this is their year to make the playing game. And, and here, here's why. I just I I believe. So I'll just I'll just say it. I have the Pelicans as my 11th seed. Uh, and, and here's the reason why is because I feel 
that, you know, number one, I know we, we can't put a lot of weight on preseason, but seeing D'Angelo out there, obviously, Greg, you mentioned uh, Anthony Edwards and Kat, all healthy. We've never really seen what they can do at full strength. You add, you know, Malik Beasley in there um, and, and you got it, you know, a solid, solid starting five, whoever they throw in there, whether it's Jared yeah. Vanderbilt um, and Jay or Jalen McDaniels, you know, those young guys. And I think they're ready to play. They're ready. They're hungry to be competitive team. You know, the, the, now the number one thing I also think is that chemistry between Kat and D'Lo, you know, he said, I would, I would, you know, I, you've seen what he said, like, I, I would die for this guy. You know, I love this guy. And, and I think that goes, bodes a huge, huge, uh, goes very far in building a team and building that competence, that chemistry. And I think that can elevate them to the playing game. Not saying that they're going to win a game. I think they're going to be bounced in that first playing game, but I think they're going to be in that 10 spot. And then when it comes to the Pelicans, I believe, just I don't know about the, the health of Zion. We've seen, you know, with his foot fracture for a while, and it's been like that. We never know what we can expect uh, in the health of Zion. Will Brandon Ingram take that next step as a player? I don't know. A lot of question marks with the new coach. I believe Willie Green, Green's a better fit than uh, Steve Van Gundy. I mean, his, his days, he was outdated in the NBA. Let's just put it that way. But um, I'm just a lot of question marks. Obviously, I did Jonas Valanciunas. We'll see what he can do, but I still have uh, the young and hungry Timberwolves ahead yeah. of them. My biggest question with this Timberwolves roster is they obviously have a lot of talent, and I think they're going to be able to score. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stop anyone. I don't think they have like a single outside of Malik Beasley. Like, do they have a single plus defender on their Josh starting Kobe. lineup? Josh starting Kobe, lineup. I think. Yeah. But he's is he, a, is he starter? Is he, yeah, like he's serviceable, but like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of games. The Timberwolves lose like 130 to 126. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I have no doubt, like, you know, between, between their big three and their, you know, their complimentary role players. They, they'll, yeah. They'll put the ball in the hoop. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop anyone. I think that cat has, all the potential in the world to be an all defensive team type player. I don't see the effort, you know, Greg, I have and to... that's, that's what, that's what really gives me a lot of pause about the Timberwolves is that I think that they could be, they could be top 10, top 15 team when it comes to offense. I think mm -hmm. they're going to be a bottom tier team defensively. Greg, I have to agree with you, man. I saw it. So the other day I went to the, the Clippers and Timberwolves uh, preseason game Timberwolves, Timberwolves won. It was, it was cool, great, and all that. But as I was watching Carl Anthony Towns, like, I get it. It's preseason. Not going to put too much stock into it. He just – it doesn't look like he's really trying out there. It just looks like he's jogging up and down the court. It just looks like he just isn't really ju jumping, isn't doing all that he does. I know his playing style is, like, a little bit different. You know, it's not as uh, – it's not as uh, running super fast and jumping super jumping super high but man even as far as like getting back on defense like it was just to me I felt like where's the effort where so I gotta I gotta agree with you on that Greg and you know as basketball players we know like defense is about effort man if you're not putting yeah. in effort you're just not gonna be a good defensive player man so yeah when you when you see guys like Kat who are offensive virtuosos you know, especially like he's so fluid. He's so coordinated at his size. He jumps really well. He moves. He can shoot, in, you know, all over the floor, you know, and he, you know, you get him in the post and he's got like a Kevin McHale type bag, 
He's got a million different moves and then counter moves to his moves. Um, so when you see a guy who can move like that and do all of those things, that right there is a telltale sign. That person could do that exact same thing on defense. You know, it's, but it's, a, it's an effort thing. It's a mindset thing. Man, man, and I man. wonder, I wonder if you know the especially the Minnesota big three, they all seem to be bucket getters. But yeah. does that transfer over the to the defensive end, especially when you are that big three uh, and you are that team's you, you know, you're the team's leaders, you know, and like ultimately you're the guy setting the tone. And when you see someone like Carl Anthony Town like not getting back on defense or not, you know, not showing not showing on a, on a pick and roll or being at a position, you know, again, like attitude reflects leadership. And I, I got questions is, is ultimately what I'm, what I'm saying, man, I, I have to agree with you. If the head of the snake is, is, is off, man, the whole body's going to be off. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, all right. So then, uh, let's keep it pushing, man. Let's go to, to the 10th seed. And I'm guessing uh, Jay, we got flip-flops here. Cause I got the Pelicans in the in, in the 10th seed, and I really, really want to put them so much higher because, again, just like the Timberwolves, they have such a better roster than the 10th seed. But like how Greg said, they haven't proved it to us, man. They've had in this roster. They haven't proven to us. And I just want to add, if they don't make – if they don't get a 10th seed or, you know, make the the, the plane or potential for playoffs this year, it's going to be a shame because they might lose Zion. Zion might be on the way out. They just made this trade uh, for, uh, for for Jonas Valanciunas to show Zion, like, hey, we want to win now. This is what, we, this is what we're doing. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, man, they Zion might be on the way out. But, uh, but Greg, you, are you uh, agreeing to me on this one? You got Pelicans on the 10th seat? I got, I got the Pelicans at the 10th seat as well. Um, I thought Justin brought up a good point with Zion's health. When Zion's healthy – He's about as unstoppable a player offensively as, as we've seen, you know, what he did last year in the paint, I don't think has been done since Shaquille Mm O'Neal, you know, and he's just, he's so gifted. He can play one through five. I mean, I thought point Zion was so fun to watch last season. Um, I think that Brandon Ingram's a great player. I love the additions of Devonte Graham and Jonas Valanciunas. And I think that like one of the big problems when you with, with the Pelicans last year was the lack of spacing with Steven Adams. Jonas Valanciunas is a remarkably better offensive player than Steven Adams. He's an overall better player than Steven Adams. And he's a guy who can, you know, he's not going to be knocking down threes, but like he's got a good mid-range game. He can open up the floor. He's He sets great screens. He's a good rebounder. He's a decent defender. I think that's a dynamic that can work. And I really like um, the addition of Devontae Graham. I think that like Ingram, Graham, and, and Zion is a decent big three, you know? It's not, you know, Steph, KD, and Clay, but it's it's solid. Um, but again, I'm with you. Like, you got to show me something, man. I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they were higher, but it also wouldn't surprise me, yeah, if they're in that playing game. You know, I think that it's it's really kind of like they're kind of a confounding team that way. Because their ceiling is a lot higher than what they've what they've been. Maybe the new changes help them reach that ceiling, but uh, until I see it, I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah, especially for me personally, I thought that 
losing uh, Lonzo Ball just even hurt more. You know, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, a, that's that's a big loss for them. That's a, that was a big loss. Like having 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 Lonzo there with Zion, I thought that that was going to be like the, the the two guys, like the, the Pelicans were going to run around them, man. But uh, but Jay, you uh, so you you got you got the Timberwolves and the and the tenth seed. That's all you got to say for that. Yeah, no, I mean that that was. I mean, you guys brought up good points, but the reason why I have the Pelicans also, like you mentioned, losing Lon- Lonzo. Uh, is a big is a big loss for them, uh, but I mean, at the same time, I think that nine, t- sorry, the ten eleven seed could flip flop. It could be the Pelicans or the Timberwolves in that in that ten spot. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So then now, guys, is when we get to the fun stuff, man, because this is when some hot takes start coming out. Because you guys, I want you guys to let me know if this is a hot take. Because as I was writing my my uh, my little pregame little script here, I'm like. This might be a crazy hot take, but check this out. My ninth seed is the Los Angeles Clippers. Is it? Is it a, wait, before, before I even keep going, before I even keep going, is that a, is that a ridiculous hot take? I'm not going to say it's ridiculous, but it is. It's a habanero hot take, man. <laughs> yeah, I, agree. I think I okay. think a team that that made it to the Western Conference Finals and gave Phoenix a really you know, good effort. Obviously Phoenix was the better team and they came out on top Um, for them to slide down that much. I know they're going to be without Kawhi likely for the entire year, but I still think that's such a well-rounded roster. Okay. Okay. And I, uh, I gained a lot of respect for Paul George. I mean, he's still a wiener, but like, He's a really good basketball player, and he really proved uh, that he can lead a team, you know, and you still it's a superstar driven league. Paul George is right in that conversation when he's on. He's one of the best players in the league. I, I think I still think they have enough firepower to be a lower seated playoff team, but that's just me. OK, OK, so so I, I, I honestly uh could totally see like how like you know how someone would think that and the, you know what of course the biggest reason is there is no Kawhi Leonard uh from really honestly m- most of the season and then and then let's let's get into that starting backcourt man you know when you look at the depth chart the starting backcourt is Reggie Jackson Eric Bledsoe I like Reggie Jackson a lot I like Eric Bledsoe a lot but I don't know if that is going to stand up uh that's going to stand up in in today's like game with the these backwards are just so uh just so offensively gifted man but i also one thing that i i accounted for was are we getting playoff reggie jackson though because playoff reggie jackson was the closest thing i've seen to steph curry in a long time (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say if we're (laughs) if we're if we're talking about just the playoffs now we got to mention playoff reggie jackson playoff p but if we're talking about an 82 game season we have to take into account Paul George's load management. Now, if Paul George's load load management and Kawhi's there, that's a whole different story. You might still get a top five seed, but if Paul George's load management and then you got Reggie Jackson to care and not playoff Reggie Jackson, just eighty two game middle of the season Reggie Jackson to to, to carry the team, uh, and with the rest of the West just getting so much better in my opinion, it just dropped them down. Like I I get it. Like when I was writing this, I was like, am I crazy for writing this? The ninth seed. They, like they just went so far last year, but when when you take all that into account, and also 
in my opinion, there's still no leader on that Clippers team. Yes, Kawhi Leonard is the best player. Yes, Paul George is the best player. But I'm talking about a leader. You know, just uh, not not just I'm the best player on the team uh, that 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 will lead. You know, like um, again, preseason not going to take too much stock into it. But Paul George at the end of the be- at the end of the bench of the game, not talking to nobody, not you know, not talking to his teammates. Leader, you know, we see LeBron. He's a, he got the iPad. He's talking. To me. I'm not even saying this. I'm a LeBron fan. But but LeBron's there. You know, when he's playing or not talking to his team, leading his team on and off the court. And I just think that a team with no leader, it just has no direction, man. So yeah. I know nine seed is a deep, deep, hot take, man. But I just think that with all that, when you take into account, it's just not their year this year. I think there's a, a, they have a better roster than a lot of these teams that I put higher in them. But just this year, if we're talking about this year, I think they might fall, man. Yeah, but I, I, th- I think you, you do bring up a good point. Uh, with the roster being a little stretched kind of thin, it does put a lot of pressure on the rest of the guys because, you know, if a Reggie Jackson goes down or Paul George gets hurt, that team is toast. And so they got to be, you know, clutching their crystals, their lucky rabbit's foot. They got to be playing with their, their fingers crossed, like hoping that like, health is on their side because when you lose a top five guy like Kawhi, that, that does have some pretty devastating effects. Um, but again, I'm still not ready to, to put them at the ninth seed. Cause I have a hot take for my ninth seed. Okay. So, so yeah. then, so then go ahead. Talk to us. Portland trailblazers. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That's, and honestly, I think a lot of it is contingent upon a trade, which, you know, I don't have any insider information, but my heart of hearts tells me there's going to be something. Either Dame or CJ or Nurkic is going to be moved. Like, we, we've, we've seen that enough now for, like, the better part of a decade that CJ and Dame just aren't enough. Um, and is it – does Dame come – trade deadline realize that this is a futile effort and he wants to go to a contender or does Portland make some sort of uh you know, desperate last ditch move to try to salvage the season, you know, and they could come out of the gate and they could be, they could, you know, I could definitely be wrong. I just, I, I have lost all trust in, in Portland and I am a huge Dame guy. I don't think Dame alone is enough to carry that team. I don't think that I don't think that any player alone in today's league is, is you know is no. is enough to carry a team. But Jay, talk to us because uh, uh, you know you just heard my hot take and Greg's hot take. Who you got in the ninth seed, Jay? Okay, I just I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk to about oh, yeah, your ninth pick, and, and I'm just gonna dive into that a little bit more. You do realize I think personally. I believe that the Los Angeles Clippers were a Serge Ibaka away from making the NBA Finals last year. So I'm not ready to put eight teams. That's a good point. I'm not ready to put eight teams ahead of them uh, in the West, just just to to talk to your point. But uh, for the ninth seed, I have the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, led by Ja Morant, who I believe is going to be taking his next step, which is to make an all-star team. And obviously he's made it clear that he wants to – bring a championship to Memphis. I think they got to hold the horses because you could argue that they got worse possibly by bringing in Steven Adams and getting rid of Jonas Valanciunas. Yes. Jonas is a better player than Steven Adams. That's not a hot take. He is. Yeah. 
So, so knowing that, and then, and also the reason I have them ninth and not maybe eight, um, maybe flip and flop with Greg. I don't know who you have at eight, but the reason for that is the health is the health of Jaron Jackson. And that's always been a question mark. With yeah. A lot of these teams towards the, the, the bottom of the West, you know, in that play in game uh, scenario for me is based on the, the, question mark of health for certain players such as Zion cat who's never really been healthy and then Jaron Jackson to throw in the mix but I think they're going to be a very competitive team obviously Taylor Jenkins he's a great coach they took he took him to the you know first round whether you want to say it was obviously not a full health full strength Golden State team but I won't get into that and then you know taking a game off the Jazz as a young team, that, that that's a feather in your cap, and you can take that into the next year. And then Dylan Brooks, obviously, very streaky offensive player, but I believe him to be one of the the best perimeter defenders in the league. He's a uh, dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. I gained I, I gained I gained so much respect for him in the uh, in that Grizzlies Jazz series, man. He's like, he's, he's right up there with Draymond in the type of player that like you hate to go up against. He's a pain in the ass and he's makes it really easy to uh, root against him. But if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. Joe Ingles is that exact same way for the Utah Mm -hmm. jazz. Yeah. And you need, he's, he's a, he's a dog. I, I love Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's yeah, that's why I have Memphis at nine. So, all right, all right, Jay, I, I I like your I like your pick, man. So then let me go to the to the eighth seed and just keep talking about Memphis. That's where I got Memphis, man, and that's because I really feel that the uh, the Grizzlies they've they've used every uh, every L as a lesson. You know, they say like, oh, every every L you take is a lesson. I really feel like they have, man. They were not supposed to make that playing game last year. They were really they honestly, in my opinion, they were there because. They were just so young. They didn't really realize what's going on. They were just hoping, man. They were just hoping, and they just started winning games and and catching stuff at the um, catching like a, a, a stride at the right time. But another thing that I want to I want to add, Jay. You know, you you talked about a bit is that belief in John Morant. Like, man, I have incredible belief in John Morant. He's about to take another huge leap this year because he has every single year. You know, when you look at his rookie year, the Grizzlies missed the playoffs by one year. His 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 next year, the Grizzlies. You know, they they did the just had that incredible um, little that play in and run that nobody expected, and I believe that even this year that they're going to take an even bigger leap, man. And like how you said, you know, Triple J, his question, uh, his health is a big, big question mark. But when he does play, man, he's a unicorn who can really just shoot any. He can shoot from anywhere, seven footer, and I think that's going to complement well with a uh, with the Stephen Adams. It'll uh, allow, allow so Stephen Adams. It'll give Stephen Adams some room to be able to, you know, maneuver, do his things aside, and Triple J won't be taking up uh, all of that, um, all of that paint presence, man. But, uh, but honestly, Jay, what's up, Greg? I was gonna say, if I'm Memphis, I play Triple J at center as much as possible, and hell, like Stephen Adams as a backup center is not a bad option. It's a great right. option. I honestly would do that. Like Triple J is athletic enough in a small ball, fast-paced league to be able to play the five, man. But what do you hold I mean, up? What do you hold that, up like a full year? What my my like my hesitancy there would be: Will he hold up like body wise? Yeah, uh, that, and that's a, that's yeah, that's a really valid point. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's a that's a boy that needs to spend a whole lot of time in the weight room. A whole lot, man. Yeah. Because he, I really think sky's the limit for a Triple J. Like he could be a multiple time All Star. He's that. T- 
talented of a player. He's it's just crazy, man. That that uh, his, he can just really do a little bit of everything, man. At seven foot, but uh, but Jay, talk to us about who who you got in your uh, in your eighth seed, man. Let's let's talk about that. Oh, it's staying time with my AC. Uh, you know, I just I can never question, you know, the heart out of Oakland, California, Damian Lillard. Um, he he's gonna bring his team to the to the playoffs each year, and that there's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's like like Greg said, uh, it's it's the supporting cast. What are they gonna do? Can CJ help him? I love the addition of Larry Nance, uh, defensively, offensively, great spark plug uh, to bring in there. And then obviously this full year, I think a full year with Norman Powell, you know, at that one, two, three uh, with CJ and then Norman Powell and then Dame at the one, that's a lot of offensive firepower, firepower. but defensively, I think that's where they're going to get hurt. That's why they're not a higher seed in the West, especially going up against night to night. You're going up against Steph, you're going up against LeBron, Paul George's of the league. So you're going to have trouble uh, with that smaller um, backcourt guarding those kind of those kind of wings and guards so uh that's why who have at the at okay all right and 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 greg you are you in, in uh agreeing with me you got you got the grizzlies in the ac or who you got Nate? okay i do i think we saw the Grizz- grizzlies make uh some strides last year uh i'm all in on john morant i think that he is going to be a top 20 player this year kids electric He's, he's just one of those guys you watch and he just has it, especially, you know, we watched him. He outplayed Steph in the playing game, you know, and then he comes out and, and was at times nearly unstoppable against the jazz in the playoffs, you know, in his, in his first, in his, in his debut playoff series, just that dude, he's like that dude, I, that dude. Um, I think a lot of it is contingent upon Triple J's health. If he's healthy, I think they're absolutely a playoff team. I've already told everybody how much I like uh, Dylan Brooks. I think they got a good young core. I like Desmond Bain as well. Um, I think this is a team that's going to be able to – well, A, I think they're hungry, and B, I think they're going to be able to build on what they did last season. They're still going to be the eighth seed, but that's going to be a team you don't want to play. Yeah, like that's, that's a young, nasty, athletic, scrappy team. And, you know, they gave the, the one seed in the jazz all they could handle last year. It was I mean, it was a it was a gentleman's sweep. But you watch those games. It, it you know, it, they were a lot more competitive than than the scores would have would have indicated. And I think I think that's a team on the rise. Yeah. yeah definitely. And then, What's quick, up, Jack? Question for you, Greg, or, you know, John Chime in as well. Would you start Desmond Bain at the two and then move Dylan Brooks to the three? Uh, if you like in terms of their roster makeup, because he's a shooter, he's been killing it in preseason. Obviously, last I mean, I saw you saw what he did in the playoffs and against Golden State, as well as Utah. Obviously, you know, you saw firsthand with that series, but honestly, I would. Yeah. Why not, man? Especially, and it gets John ja Morant's such a good playmaker. And he's such as good of a scorer as he is, as he is, he's such a good passer and he's only going to get it better when it comes to those reads. And, you know, look at someone like the jazz, how the jazz have, have organized their roster. You know, I think there are some similarities in the games of Donovan Mitchell and John Morant. And the thing that made the jazz and what's currently makes the jazz so dangerous are the sheer number of shooters they have. And when you've got a, you've got guys like Conley and Jordan Clarkson and, and Donovan Mitchell who can break down a defense 
and get into the paint, when you're able to kick that to shooters, that's what makes the team so dynamic and so hard to stop. So, yeah, I think if you can surround John Morant with uh, solid perimeter shooters, that's only going to make that team more dangerous. All right, all right. So then let's let's keep it pushing, man. Let's move on to the seventh seed, man. And that's where I gotta put the Dallas Mavericks, man. So I'm I'm really hoping I'm really hope that Jason Kidd is gonna be able to use KP in the right way, man. The this last couple of years, just KP just it's just man. I just want to see New York Knicks KP. I, I don't know where has that KP gone, and I, I haven't been able to see him. I know he's been he's been hurt, man. But I'm just hoping that. JK could could uh can could use them right. I know last year that th- th- they were the fifth seed, even though with all that turmoil they had going on with uh with Luca and, and Rick Harlai and all those all, all those rumors going on the, over there. And with the re- when you look at the uh, the rest of the West and they got, in my opinion, much better or they were already better. And the Mavs kind of didn't really do anything, kind of sat on their team. I think the seventh seed really isn't too far off, man. But uh, but Jay Hill, talk to me about who you got in the seventh seed. I got the LA Clippers in the seventh seed. Uh, just, just, I think they've dropped off. Obviously, without Kawhi, for probably for the foreseeable future, most likely the whole season, uh, relying on guys like you mentioned earlier, Reggie Jackson, uh, Marcus Morris, and and the and the rest of the bunch, Terrence Mann. I think it's a lot. It's going to be a heavy load on on Paul George for me to think they'd be any higher. Obviously, I think they're going to be still in that playing game um, and be fighting for their playoff lives. But I, it's not enough for me to move them down, you know, to the eighth or ninth seed uh, like like you did, John. But they're going to still be a competitive team. And I think they're right in that the borderline of my what I call the second tier, which separates, you know, the fourth seed to like that seventh seed. I have that tier and then the one through three I have on the tier of their own. And they're right on that, the cusp of that, you know, second tier uh, for me. Okay. What's up, Greg? Honestly, I mean, Justin said it perfectly. I have the Clippers as the seventh seed. Um, I still think they're a playoff team. We've already talked about, you know, the Kawhi injury. But this is a team that really showed me last season, especially in the playoffs, that they're deep and they're versatile. And they have a lot of like just plug and play guys, like situational type players. Um, And I think that is going to benefit them, you know, and they just, they have so much length. They're so good defensively. uh, And they were one of the best three point shooting teams in the history of the NBA. Um, And I still think they have enough firepower to be a playoff team. Um, But I think they're a first round exit. I think they're a seven seed, you know, I would put them up in the elite uh, teams that could probably compete for a championship with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Um, But when you lose a generational talent, that's going to have some pretty uh, drastic effects on your team. Yeah, man. Losing Kawhi uh, definitely hurts our team very much, man. But all right, so then, so then if we got no uh, no disagreements for that, let's let's keep it pushing, man. Let's talk about the sixth seed, and that's where I got – you know what it is, man. Dame time, man. And the only reason why I had to put them in the sixth seed is, that, you know, they were they were able to pull off the sixth seed last year. They brought in, they brought in Norman, Powell, uh, Norman Powell in the middle of the season. And, man, when you look at Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell, that, that's just – they're just going to try to outscore everyone. Like, I, I the defense defenses do uh, – 
does concern me a bit, uh, a lot bit, you know, and, uh, and, and earlier with, with, with you talking about Greg, you think that one of those pieces are going to be moved like that, you know, that that's a huge swinging factor that could, uh, if, if they can get the right move, man, you know, that, that could bring them, bring them up to the, in my opinion, like the top three seed. But, um, but with this current roster, this current roster that they have, I think that a six seed is perfect for them. But I had a question for, for you guys, you know, cause I was looking at their, um, at their depth chart and I had a question. So, they have right now Robert Covington, uh, Robert Covington starting over Larry Nance at the four. Is that something that you guys would do? Because I would look a little bit more to starting Larry Nance Jr. at the four. I, I think that Robert Covington adds, he's a great, you know, team defender rather than, you know, on ball defender. So I think having him, and he's a great three point shooter. He can stretch the floor, obviously. And I think having that in the, in the starting lineup is great for the, the Timberwolves and then, uh, sorry, Timberwolves, the Blazers. And then you bring in off a guy, Larry Nance off the bench as your spark bug and an energy guy. But I could see to start the season, they'd have him, you know, coming off the bench, but I can see a situation where Larry Nance comes in as a four or potentially moves to the five spot uh, if Nurkic isn't getting it done. Yeah, I, I think I I agree with you, Justin, that I think that Larry Nance should be a sixth man. And I think it has a lot to do with his versatility in that he can play either the four or the five. You know, if Rocco gets in foul trouble or Nurkic is struggling or whatever, he's a guy you could replace either one of those guys. Uh, and again, like... Larry Nance is kind of an underrated playmaker. He's a good rebounder. He's a good defender. I think that's a guy who can kind of be the, uh, the anchor of a bench. Um, but I'm also really high on, on Covington. You know, I think he's a good, good player, um, good defender, good shooter type of guy you want in your starting lineup because of his defensive versatility. So I would go with Rocco in this starting lineup, bring Nance off the bench. But I think that like, much like what the Jazz do with Jordan Clarkson, Nance could play starter minutes. Okay. All right. All right. So, so, so I just I just had to get that little question out the way. But then let's talk about the six. But who you guys got in the six seed, though? Greg, you want to kick it off for us? Yeah. Um, I got the Warriors. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, I think the Warriors got better this season. I think last season was really good um, for, you know, Guys who played last season um, to get that get that experience, Jordan Jordan Poole, uh, Toscano Anderson, uh, you know, I, I still am high on Wiseman. I still think that he can be a good player another year under his belt. Um, I do still have questions about Clay Thompson. We all know that Clay's going to shoot. That's what Clay does. But what made Clay so good during the Golden State Golden Years was how good of a defender he was. You know, he was the type of guy who could drop 30 on you while guarding James Harden and making life hard on him. Um, can he still move his feet? Can he still be that defender after tearing his ACL and blowing out his Achilles? That's um, question mark. History, history says no. So I still wonder about that. When does he come back? When is he a part of the lineup? Um, you know, this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a few years. Is, is Clay enough to get them over the mountaintop? No, uh, I don't think so. I think they're going to be a good team, and I think they're going to be dangerous. 
but they are, and you know, they also just don't have the same supporting cast they had in those, those, those golden years. I like the addition of, of Iggy bringing him back as a veteran leader. I mean, you're basically paying him an NBA salary to be an assistant coach, coach yeah. which is great. Um, I think they're going to be, you know, again, good enough to make the playoffs. Steph's going to be a perennial MVP candidate until he's not. Um, I just, they're, they're just in kind of like this, this weird place of like, they have these bona fide stars, these bona fide hall of famers. And they're also trying to develop the young guys. I mean, Draymond talked about it in that press conference in the preseason about, you know, how, how, how tricky of a situation that is. So I think, you know, you're going to get a lot of wins because of your big three, but you're also going to get some losses because those guys can't play 48 minutes a night. Man, Jay, what's up, Jay? Uh, I don't have the Warriors as my sixth seed. <laughs> uh, I'll just say that for, for now. But no, Greg, you made some very valid points. But I have the Dallas Mavericks in the sixth seed. And because a lot of the reason is because they're running it back with the, the same squad, obviously with the addition of J- uh, Jason Kidd. But I think a lot of it depends on will Luka Doncic emerge as a perennial also like perennial superstar um and not only that is he going to do it on both ends of the floor will he be able to uh, number one do it for 48 minutes or be you know we saw a lot in the playoffs where he ran out of gas and i think that's a lot to do with the supporting ca- uh, supporting cast for them you know they were up what was it three games to two against uh the Clippers, and then they just fell apart. And I think that's a lot of to do with is, is KP, is he going to be healthy? Uh, I think a lot of how their success is going to rest upon the shoulders of KP. Can he stay healthy? Can he be that option? And I think Jason Kidd's going to have a big say in that. I think they're going to see, we're going to see uh, KP used in a different way than he was used with Rick Carlisle. But I think they're, for me, the Dallas, I talked about my first tier of those three teams and then that second tier, they're in that second tier of those teams who maybe are one or two pieces away from being in that first tier. But right now I have uh, Dallas as that second seed or sorry, six seed. Excuse me. OK. All right. All right. So then let's get into, you know, iffy territory. That's top five territory. Let's get into it, man. I'll go ahead and start it off with my number fifth seed. And I've got to go with the Golden State Warriors on this one, man. And the huge, there's a huge uh, swinging factor for me. On, there's two huge swinging factors. And that's when is Wiseman coming back? And what, what is he going to look like, of course? But also, biggest factor of all, when does Klay Thompson come back? Greg, you know, you brought up a great point. At, at, at what rate do we get Klay Thompson back? And that's a question that I actually was asking myself. I, I said, if we get uh, 75% to 80% of what an old Klay Thompson was, in my opinion, that puts that puts the Warriors at a top top three seed in the West, in my opinion, because he is such a plug a plug and play player. Clay Thompson isn't one of those players that you got to bring him on a team and get him get get him the custom. All Clay Thompson needs to do is run off some screens, catch the ball, play some defense, right, and and shoot, right, and shoot. And he's got that. That, that I don't think that that that's gonna that that's gonna really gonna be affected by him. So. What I have here is I have if we can get 80% of Clay Thompson, I think that the Warriors can be a top three seed in the in the in the West. But I don't know if we are going to get 80% of Clay Thompson because, like how you said, Greg, history doesn't doesn't say that he he'll be able to come back and produce 
80 percent of, of, of what he was doing because he was doing a lot man so that's why i had to go with with the words at the fifth seed also uh just the, the rest of the west just in my in my opinion just got just so much better or or, or were already better there's one there's one team that you can make an argument for, but, um, but yeah, man, that's why I have to go with the golden state warriors and my fifth seed, uh, Greg, you want to kick it off for your fifth seed? Yeah. You kind of have me second guessing things a little bit now. Um, some things, uh, that I didn't necessarily consider when I was putting together my list, but, uh, as it currently stands, I'm not going to flip flop. Uh, my fifth seed is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, they're running it back. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we're making uh, uh, as big of a deal as it is that the Mavericks lost Rick Carlisle. I think that Rick Carlisle is an elite coach. Uh, I think he's really, really good and he's won a ring um, and he's done, he did some really wonderful things in Dallas. Um, uh, Trying to gather my thoughts. Um, And I, you know, I think that, going from Carlisle to kid is a pretty big downgrade. I don't think much of Jason kid, uh, as a coach, I don't think much of Jason kid as a human being. Um, I think he was really good at basketball. Um, but I don't know. He hasn't proven to me that he knows really what he's doing. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis. I think his heart got punched out of him in, uh, Latvia or wherever he was. And he just hasn't been the same guy. Maybe, maybe they learn to use him in a different way. He's obviously still super talented. Uh, he's not a guy that I, I question his ability. I question his heart. You know, he seems to be kind of made out of tissue paper. Agreed. Um, and, you know, they didn't really do a whole lot to upgrade their roster. I think that uh, Luca is first ballot hall of famer he's the type of guy that it wouldn't shock me if he won mvp this year he's that kind of a player but i mean when your big offseason major acquisition is reggie bullock um doesn't really raise eyebrows enough i think they're good enough to be a top five team in in the west especially when you have a guy who's as dynamic as as luca but they didn't do anything really to improve what they did last season and you know you're running it back and i think ultimately it's going to net you the same result you know and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were a lower seed you know it wouldn't surprise me if if golden state and dallas switched and they were the sixth seed or you know they slipped to the seventh but yeah as as currently slated when i wrote this fifth seed for the dallas mavericks i feel like all i did was just shit on them (laughs) But but it's tough, Greg, you know, because uh, like how you said, the rest of the West just got so much better, and mm-hmm. the Mavs just kind of sat, sat there. You know, didn't really get much better. And like how you said, if they're just going to run it back, they're going to get similar, if not worse, results because you know the rest of the West is is, is much more healthy. Especially that yeah. Warriors. The Warriors could literally flip flop with them right there and take their position. Mm-hmm. What's up, Jay? Yeah, no, I think you know both of you made great points, but I don't have. Uh, the Warriors in the, the, the five spot. I have the Denver Nuggets. And, and I talked about tiers. They're right in that second tier of those three teams, Dallas, um, Denver, and, and, and my uh, fourth seed can flip-flop. They're right. They're very, it's very fluid on who, who's going to be in those seats just based off health, um, you know, co- have the coaching situation with Dallas and, you know, what, it, like a lu- lucky break here or there 
could separate those teams. But yeah, for, for the reason why I have the Denver as the fifth seed is because number one, when Jamal Murray comes back, there's you know a good chance he comes back this season. Um, what's he going to look like? He's obviously going to be a different player adjusting to, you know, an ACL injury, a knee injury. But it's also, I think they have a perfect situation there uh, with the defender in, you know, Aaron Gordon. Obviously, you got that big bag. And then you have Michael Porter Jr., who's emerging as a star in the league. And the main thing that point that I was impressed by was the ball movement of Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, he didn't need the ball to score. He comes, he loves coming off screens. He loves cutting, which who better player to play with if you love doing those things than one of the best big men uh, passers in the game, passers in general in the game than Nikola uh, Jokic, who's coming off an MVP season, can't count him out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Denver, you know, gets past the fifth seed and is higher just because of Jokic, his sheer, sheer brilliance, the way he commands, you know, the respect of his teammates, does it everything on the floor that you'd want uh, as your number one option. But, you know, saying that and what Greg, you know, how you said it, it's very, you could, those three teams for me can flip flop. And obviously I'll say my four spot uh, after, but uh, that's just how I'm feeling about Denver in that five seed right now. Okay. All right. So then let's keep it pushing, man. And let's go to the fourth seed and uh, I'll kick this one off and I'll just go with the Suns. And honestly, guys, like I had a hard time putting the Suns here. Like I had a, I, I should have put the Suns lower. I should have put the Suns, in my opinion, that's crazy. In my opinion, I should have put the Suns lower because I have concerns about a 36-year-old point guard, a 36-year-old CP3 getting to a getting through an 82 game season. You got, right? What you got against 36 year olds, man? <laughs> nothing, nothing against 36 year olds. Oh my God, Greg. Nothing against 36 year olds, just 36 year olds in the NBA. Then <laughs> that's what I got, man. So I, I, I think that, I think that that's going to be very tough. Uh, I think we're going to run into a lot, a lot of, uh, of CP3 missing games and we don't have uh, as many, you know, Landry Shaman, you know, Landry Shaman's a good, a good, uh, little plug and play player, but not a starting guard eh, that you want to have filling in uh, for the place of, of uh, CB3. But honestly, guys, with I just had to give the Suns their respect by putting them here, but they really almost missed my top five. They almost went lower than they almost went. The Warriors almost took the fourth seed and, and, and the Suns almost took the fifth seed, man. But I just I just I have to respect the fact that they just made it to the championship last year. I know they got very lucky with injuries. But they still made it there, and they still, you know, did uh, did, did what they did. So I had to put them in the fourth seed. Uh, this one was kind. Of, this one was hard, though. Though Jay Hill, who you got in the fourth seed? I'm baffled that you have Phoenix as your fourth seed, uh, the defending Western Conference champions. Baffled by that. Well, 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 mean, well, well. Look at the look at the look at the other. Okay, we'll get to other team. We'll get to other team. <laughs> we'll get to other team. Uh, at the fourth spot, I got my Golden State Warriors. Um, and, and I think, like I mentioned, that tier, that second tier, I don't think, I don't believe them to be contenders at this point uh, for a title. But, you know, that four, five, six seed for me, very fluid. You could, they could be the sixth seed. They could be the fifth seed. But I got, I got Golden State. But here's, you know, one one player that, that it's going to be primarily the reason that they're the, the fourth seed. 
And that's Jordan Poole, the emergence of Jordan Poole, who we've been seeing a lot in preseason and when he came back from the G League bubble last season. Uh, the emergence and, and the level he and confidence, sheer confidence. I mean, the guy's playing like he's Stephen Curry or the second coming of Stephen Curry. It's clear that he's been working on his game, known Jim Rat. And then another reason uh, or question mark for me is how if they can be a contender is the health of James Wiseman, the development of him, uh, what he comes back as, uh, can he be the rim running big that we've seen in the past as a guys who would mesh very well, obviously with Steph Draymond, um, that guy who can run up and down the floor, finish block shots, change the game, not even for a full game, just for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game. And then I love the additions of Nemanja Bialica, um, a shooter, a great passer, as we've seen in these preseason games. Obviously, I'm not putting too much weight on the preseason games, but the way that the ball is moving uh, with this with this team, it's clear that they've been uh, Kerr's been emphasizing back cuts, get moving without the ball, something that they didn't have last year. And I'm seeing kind of a different type of energy in this preseason, a team that's playing for something. It's like a newfound confidence uh, that I didn't see last year. And uh, it's definitely something I'm excited as a Warrior fan, but I think the league should be kind of on the lookout as a team who's hungry and ready to make a comeback. But I'm not saying they're contenders right now, but with the addition of Otto Porter as well, uh, who's a great shooter, a, an addition that they needed, another shooter who's linked. And the thing was they needed length as well. And they added Bielitsa, um, obviously the addition, like Greg mentioned, with Andre Iguodala being that coach and can give spot minutes, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes as well. A game um, can run the point and they have a lot of pieces. And then they got my guy, Steph, Stephen Curry, one of the best shooters uh, in the game can be an, is going to be in the MVP conversation this year again. Um, and I think they're, they're right on that, the cusp of being contenders, but I'm not ready to put them in that conversation yet. My question for you is, uh, do you have faith that Otto Porter can stay healthy? I, I think, I think he's going to be, he has a better chance of staying healthy this season because uh, we've seen with his past two destinations, especially in Chicago where they relied on him as, you know, right. a 30, 30 plus guy um, when that he, his body has proven that he can't hold up with that. And with yeah. lawyers, I think he's going to be about, you know, 20 to 25 um, a night. And, and I think if he can do that and he can hold up, they're, they're going to be very hard to beat. And then, obviously, it's going to be – Clay is not the factor of them being a contender for me because he's coming off, like you mentioned, two catastrophic – two of the worst injuries you can have in sports, in my opinion, and or just anyone's opinion for that matter. Uh, but but if, he, if he can come back at, like you guys mentioned, 70 – 60 me more realistically 60 70 percent of what he could be they're they're going to be in uh, a good position um to, to succeed yeah. all right all right and, and and what about you greg who you got in the fourth seed you know if jamal murray was healthy and didn't shred his acl i would have denver as the number one seed and the uh the favorites to come out of the West. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the case. So my fourth seed is the Denver Nuggets. I still think they're very 
very good. I think that Jokic is a generational talent. When you can put 40 or 49 or 50 or whatever he had last season on the three-time defensive player of the year, um, shows the type of player that he is. Their roster is so good. They have so much length and so much versatility and guys who can shoot all over. And they're so athletic with Barton and Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Um, they're And they play so tough. Uh, I love Malone as a coach. Um, and I, I really don't have anything but positives to say about Denver outside of they're missing their second best player in Jamal Murray. And we don't know how he's going to look when he does come back, if he comes back at all, you know, and if he does come back for the playoffs, I think that could actually be detrimental. Same thing with, with the Clippers. If Kawhi comes back, you're really going to try to implement a guy in late April or, or late March. If he comes back and try to get that chemistry and that continuity, as well as like trying to get their body to hundred percent, um, but overall, I think Denver is such an incredibly dangerous team, even sans Jamal Murray, they could be a top three team in the East and I would, or in the West and, and, and I wouldn't really bat an eye, but, um, as of right now, I'm being, I'm, I'm being a bit conservative and I'm saying Denver Nuggets four seed. Okay. All right. Well then Greg, if you're on the left and I'm over here on the right, man, because I got the Denver Nuggets as my third seed, man. And just like you, I really, really wanted to put them in the number one seed. But the only reason why I came is because, you know, they're they're missing their second best player. And for the exact reason that you that you talked about, Greg, and that's Murray will come back. But do you mm-hmm. really want to implement him in the mid of the season? I know that right now Monte Morris is starting. This yeah. two, those are just two different. Those are two different players. So now you're going to be playing with Monte Morris all season. Have Jokic uh, playing with him. Have all your players playing with at Monte Morris's pace, playing at his style, and then just switch up to bring uh, to bring Jamal yeah. uh, Jamal Murray. And I just I don't think that'll work out. And that's why I I I, I dropped him to uh to, to to the third seed. Uh, but one thing that I did want to add though, uh, there's something that you're talking about, Greg. It's their overall team is just so good, and they've had. The last three years, they've been yeah. top three in the in the West every single yeah, year. Uh, they have a ton of continuity, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they're one of those teams where it's like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really think that they, they, you know, they made their big acquisition last year in getting Aaron Gordon. I don't think that mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of tinkering that needed to happen with that lineup, and I'm glad that they did it. Yeah. And 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 I think my guy MPJ is due for a huge uh, breakout year this year, man. I re- I'm, I'm a big believer in MPJ and they even got deeper in the bench by, uh, by signing Jeff green. So yeah. to, to, yeah. to, to me, man, even though that the nuggets lost, you know, their, their second best player, they are still in great, great, great standing. Yeah. Man. They're just that like prototypical, um, new NBA roster where they just seem to have a bunch of guys who are between like six, five and six, nine, who can do everything, handle the ball, shoot, play defense, rebounds, um, and they're just, they're so deep and they're so versatile. They remind me of like a better version of the Clippers roster. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out yeah. Bone I- Bones Island too. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy like, yeah, like huge, yeah. like a huge steal. Like mm-hmm. Denver just does things right. Like it's so frustrating being a jazz fan and seeing them in the same division and what they're doing because <laughs> they're so good and they mm-hmm. do things right. And yeah, I'm really I'm super high in the Nuggets. 
Man, the Nuggets going to have a great season. But, Greg, you want to go ahead and kick it off with us so your third seed is? Uh-huh. Yeah, my third seed is actually the team, I think, who is going to come out of the West. I think they are the best team talent-wise on paper, um, but they're old. They're really old. Uh, and I think we're going to see, uh, you know, we saw, first of all, it's the Los Angeles Lakers is the third seed. Um, and I think we saw, you know, what happened with an old team that, that is injury prone with the Lakers come last season. I think we're going to see a lot of load management and they're going to drop some games because of it. And I also think that like, it's going to, when you, when you bring in that many people, when you bring in Russ and Carmelo and Malink Monk and, and the rest of them, it's going to take a second to get that continuity and that chemistry. They'll probably like, it wouldn't surprise me if after, you know, 10, 12 games, they're right around a 500 record, but you know, I very rarely count out a team with LeBron James, even if he is a hundred years old, he's still a top, he's a, he's a top two player in the history of the NBA. In my opinion, you know, you can argue about who's number one, but like if there is a Mount Rushmore of the NBA, LeBron's face is etched in that stone. He's that quality of a player. And, you know, you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got, um, Kendrick Nunn, Anthony Davis looks like he's right. And if they're fully healthy going into the playoffs, that's going to be a really hard team to beat in, you know, four, four times in a seven game series. So, um, I, I have some question marks about them, obviously with age, but on paper, that's a crazy dangerous team, man. That is a crazy team, but Jay, who you got in your third seat? Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you, Greg. Paper champions the, uh, right now. Uh, more of the West, we'll say that for now. Um, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think, you know, you mentioned a lot of good things, Greg. And, but the one thing for me, my concern is their success lies heavily, not on LeBron, not on Russell Westbrook, but Anthony Davis. Is 100%. he going to be healthy? Is he? Yeah, no. Like, is he going to be healthy? Uh, when it comes down to the playoffs, like I've never, he's a player that I've always questioned, you know, where's his head at? Where's his mind at? And he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Like he's one of the best players in the league, but does he really want it? We've seen times where I felt that he quit, but you know, LeBron is going to do what he does and carry him on his back. He's going to carry the team on his back, but their success is going to lie heavily upon what Anthony Davis does, his health. Can he stay healthy? Can he perform to the level of the player that he should and can be on a night to night basis, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs as well. And then where I'm also questioning is, I think that they were, you know, a number two top three seed in the West last year, mm-hmm. despite injuries. And I have no question about it. Obviously, it dropped to the seventh seed. And I don't know if West, Russell Westbrook necessarily makes them a better team than before. Uh, sure. And that's a question. That 360 whole thing they got going, uh, that propaganda or whatever you want to call it. Um I don't know if I don't know if Russell Westbrook makes them a better player. Uh, they gave up a lot of depth to get him as well, and that's a concern of mine as well. They gave up yeah, Davis yeah. Caldwell Pope. They gave up Kyle Kuzma, who was you know their do it all guy. 
uh, like you mentioned, that six, five and above kind of rangy guy mm-hmm. who improved his defense was, you know, a, a sneaky score off a of bench, you know, did what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, Greg, you, you mentioned, I don't know if you, you want to talk about the, who they lost as well. Uh, Henry, yeah. uh, Alex Caruso. Another, uh, yeah, another guy players. who's super yeah. versatile and was really good for them. You know, you bring yeah. up, they, they got a lot of new guys, but they gave up a lot to get them. Um, and it's, it's, it's such a, I have so many questions about their roster on paper, you know, you get guys like Nunn and Malik Monk and Mello and, and Westbrook, and, you know, it looks good on paper. Um, and obviously these are guys, you know, some of these guys are, are first ballot hall of famers and, mm-hmm. you know, but just because you get a collection of guys together, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. Um, but again, like, LeBron's done a hell of a lot with a hell of a lot less. So I, I, but I, and, and I do think you're right about that. I think so much of this season is contingent upon Anthony Davis. We've seen what happens with the Lakers when you have a fully bought in, fully focused Anthony Davis that gets you a ring, but is that the case all the time? And I guess that's the question we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Jay, who who you, who you got in? Is the you got Lakers in your third seed? I got the Lakers in the third seed. Okay, okay, for sure, Lakers. And while while we're on the lines of the Lakers, let me just get to my second seed, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I got the Lakers on my second seed, man, and that and that is because, like how you said, Greg, uh, this team isn't really um, built to be a regular season team. Like how you said, Greg, like they're your championship favorites. They're also my championship favorites, not because I'm a Lakers fan, because I just think that. Uh, the way that their roster is built, the way the roster is constructed, it's for, you know, a shorter, uh, a seven-game series, not for that 82-game uh, season. Because like you said, you know, they have the retirement home over there. Um, but also, you know, also, uh, in, 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 my, in my opinion, the reason that the Lakers even got Russell Westbrook was so that in the regular season, LeBron can rest. So in the regular yeah. season, it's uh, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. They're the duo going at it. Because, I mean, let's look around the league. You cannot win unless you have three good players or two just dominant dominant superstars and that's a, that's what i think the lakers is doing man i think they noticed last year lebron um was, is getting up there in age they noticed his, his high ankle injury and other injuries that are just going to happen with father time you know father time is 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 undefeated and even though bron is a great and even though we always uh never could doubt doubt or go against bron you know Father, father times got father times got him beat. And I think the Lakers and Rob knew that uh, Rob Lincoln knew that. So that's why they go out and get a player like Westbrook to, um, to be able to still get a higher seed in the, um, in the regular season. But, uh, but like how you guys said, though, I do have my concerns. I do have my concerns about the Lakers getting to a, getting through an 82 game season. Um, and then also, you know, we were talking about earlier with the nuggets, how you just switch, uh, just take out Monte mm-hmm. Murray and bring Jamal. Jamal Murray, um, Monte Morris, and bring Jamal Murray. Same thing with the Lakers. If the Lakers are playing AD and Russ, AD and Russ, AD and Russ, and then regular, and then play a uh, postseason rolls around, and now you start running more of a AD and Bron. I mean, that's that has to affect the entire team. You sure. know, it has to affect the entire team. So, so that's all. That's also a, a sign of, of concern that I have. And I mean, there's a lot of problems with the team. There's a lot of problems with the team. But like how you said, Greg, if LeBron James has two legs, two arms can see it's it's just very hard to go against him especially yeah. when you um when you see that he's done it in the past with worser players 
Uh, I, I don't know if he's ever done it with a player of Westbrook's caliber. Westbrook's a great player, but if Westbrook is not controlled, he could be, he could take, he could be a worse player than he is uh, a, a better player. But yeah. I just can't doubt LeBron, man. So that's why I got to go with the, the number two seed. Mm-hmm. I do have one one thing we haven't addressed about the Lakers that that does give me just a little bit of pause, and that is when the Lakers were making their run in the bubble and they won the title, the thing that made them so good and such an elite team was their defense. They were the best defensive team in the league. And when they were neck and neck last year with the Jazz before AD and LeBron went down, they were the number one defensive team in the league. And that is why they were elite. When you get rid of guys like Caruso and Kuzma and KCP, all of whom are good defenders, um, are they still going to be able to be an elite team? Westbrook, not a great defender. Mello, not a great defender. Um, I think Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk can be very good defenders. Um, and I, you know, I have some faith in Frank Vogel as a coach. I think that he's really solid, but um, I have a hard time believing that this Lakers team is going to be elite defensively like they were in the past. Um, and that could, you know, when you're playing a Phoenix or a Utah or teams with all of this offensive firepower and this balance on defense as well, that could bring up some problems. I'm not saying it's going to be the death knell for this team, but it does, it, it does give me a little bit of pause and, and does, does raise a few questions. Yeah. What's up, Jay Hill? For me, and I agree with you, Greg, on that pause, but I got another pause that we didn't even mention. Russell Westbrook has played with arguably the two, two of the greatest scorers of all time. Yeah. Uh, definitely the two greatest scorers in this generation, this current generation of players, uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant. And on those teams, he demanded the ball. And there was times where he was the one option. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care. For me, what sticks out is that series against Golden State when they had a 3-1 lead yep. where he demanded the ball, was taking all the shots. And you could say or you could even like point to the stats. He shot them out of games. So my question is for the both of you to chime in uh, is why should I believe that this current roster with LeBron would be any different? who's maybe arguably a less of a scorer, not a player, I'm not saying player, than LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. So wh- why should I expect that it would be any different with the, with the Lakers? Man, so so for for so, so let's start with your question, Greg. So as far as uh, as far as that um, that that Lakers team that was in the bubble, you know, like uh, uh, in the like Lakers Twitter, what was going on was like they called them the, the Air Force, you know, because they had Dwight, AD, JaVale. They were yeah. big. They were very big. They were very long. And I think that I think that once uh, the next season rolled around and we lost Dwight, we lost JaVale. I think that I think that the Lakers tried to try to go more with the uh, we're just gonna try to out outscore people and that mm-hmm. did not work last year it did not work last year it just injuries everything and just and it, it just it just didn't work and i think that now this and now, now this season they have gone full mode into we're just gonna try to we're just gonna try to outscore teams we're gonna try to score teams and and they they kind of gave up their you know their 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 huge defense prowess that they had you know that they were one of the greatest defensive teams in in that in the season in that 2020 season 
but and then now uh, clearly not there. But I just think that what, what the Lakers are doing that they're giving up a lot more of their uh, their backcourt depth. And, you know, they brought they brought back players like like Dwight. You know, they're bringing in AD. But to answer your question, Greg, all of this relies on AD. Literally all of this. If AD wants to play some defense, the rest of the team is going to play is going to play some great defense sure. too, man. So I so to answer answer your question with that, like yes, I have tons tons of concern because. That means if AD don't bring it, then no, the rest of the team not bring it. I'm, I'm very excited that that we bring Dwight back because you know he's he's a good defender, but he's not going to be able to uh to be able to keep, keep keep that whole train going. So yeah, Greg, I mean like I, I have genuine genuine concerns on the defensive end with that team as, as far as how they went, and then um and then Jay Hill, man, Jay Hill, Jay Hill, Jay Hill, my boy. I the thing with LeBron is LeBron. It's so hard to be on LeBron's team and not be a team player because he is the absolute best player, in my opinion, the best player to ever touch a basketball. And if he's if he's sacrificing, if he's doing what he has, to, if he's giving up what he needs to give up, how are you as anybody else on the team, even if you're Anthony Davis, how are you going to sit there and say, I'm not going to sacrifice? I'm not going to sacrifice. So I, I just I find it very hard that Russell Westbrook is going to sit there and tell LeBron James. Hey, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna do it my way. We're gonna do it my way or the highway. I, I just don't think it'll go that way. And another thing is, I don't think that Westbrook came to the Lakers without AD, Braun, and Rob Palinka sitting down and saying how this is gonna work out. There's just no way. Just like LeBron, you know, was eating breakfast. It was like, oh, we got Russell Westbrook. Dope. You know, like there's just no way. There's there's um they're too AD and Bron are too heavy into the decision-making man. Bron is basically a GM himself. So like he, he's too heavy into the decision-making to have not been in that man. So to answer your question, yes, I like, I, I uh, looking on paper, I also see concerns when I look at history, I also see concerns. But when I, when I look at history, Bron has set every single teammate straight. And if the head of the snake is doing right. It's just very hard for the rest of the body to uh, to not follow, man. But I agree though. Russell Westbrook has a lot of a uh, um, lot of concern. When when he first came to the Lakers, I was like, oh, dog, how is this gonna work? But you know, as time as time goes on, as time goes on, I really do genuinely believe that it's just gonna be a regular season Russ and AD thing, and Bron and um and uh, AD in the playoffs. Will it work? Let's see. <laughs> Let's yeah, see. I I think this is going to be one of bronze biggest challenges because all we've heard um and first of all let me go on record saying that i love russell westbrook he's one of my favorite players um you never have to guess where russ's head is at or where his heart's at and i love that about him uh he has a lot of flaws in his game but there's i don't know if there's a player in the league who plays harder than russ um but we've heard throughout his entire career is let russ be russ and we've seen what that's netted. You know, I, I, I watched Donovan Mitchell as a rookie outplay Russell Westbrook. I saw that same team had Ricky Rubio. I saw Ricky Rubio outplay Russell Westbrook in a playoff series because Westbrook took things so personally. And if Braun can get him to buy in, then I think it can work. Um, I don't know if that's possible, though. I do think that Braun is a better leader um, than both Kevin Durant or James Harden, you know, and it seems to be, you know, Hey, if you don't buy in, you're going to be on the first train out of town kind of a thing. Um, I just, I just don't know. I I can't sit here and give a definitive answer of how it's going to go. 
Um, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be very interesting, it is. man. It is. The only thing I could I could hope for, man, is just please not a Kobe, Dwight, and Nash era again. Yeah, because yeah. that was just oh, so man. bad. That was so bad. This man. this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Man. All right, all right. So then let's keep it pushing, man. And Greg, I want you to uh, kick it off with the first seed, man. Talk to us about who yeah. you got in the first seed. Second, second. second seed, right? Oh, oh yeah. second seed. Second, second seed. seed. Sorry about that. Uh, the second seed uh, is a team I'm quite familiar with. Uh, my second seed is the Utah Jazz. Okay. Hard to say or hard to think that uh, after the offseason moves that the Jazz made, their, their acquisitions, that they are not a better team on paper. You're also bringing back your same starting five. You're getting that same continuity we talked about with the Denver Nuggets. There were two things that Sarah and I talked about in our postseason eulogy of the 2020-2021 Jazz team, um, and that was their lack of depth and their lack of versatility. And that's what really did them in in the playoffs. And it's what's done them in the past five seasons in the playoffs against the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Rockets, and the Clippers. I think they did a good job of getting better and getting more versatile. I saw, again, it's the preseason. I don't know how much stock we can really put into preseason, but against the Mavericks in the preseason, I saw the Jazz switching one through five for the first time in probably the history of this team, you know, bringing in guys like Eric Pascal. I know Rudy Gay is out right now with it after having heel surgery, but he's another guy who can play small ball five. Um, it gives, it gives Quinn Snyder an elite coach in the league, just a few more chess pieces to be able to play with on his board. Um, I like the addition of Hassan Whiteside. You know, I think he's a guy as well. You got you got two elite rim protectors on your team. Um, I would, I do think that, however, it is going to take a second for the Utah Jazz to uh, get that cohesion outside of the the starters. The starters have been playing together forever. They're one of the best, if not the best, starting lineup in the league. They're super dangerous. I don't really have a whole lot of qualms. We know what they're going to do. Um, Bench guys, I think that's going to take a minute. You know, um, we've seen players not work out in Quinn Snyder's systems. Guys like Jeff Green and Ed Davis, um, who have had success. Um, we've also seen guys like Ricky Rubio and Mike Conley uh, have some trouble out the gate with Quinn Snyder's system. Uh, I think that could, you know, I, one of the things that has been concerning is the preseason is kind of how lost Hassan Whiteside is. You know, he doesn't seem to really know exactly where he's supposed to be on offense or defense. And I don't think that, you know, if, if, if we're six, seven weeks into the season and that's still happening, I'll have a lot more trepidation, but um, I have faith that he'll, they'll be able to figure it out. So I think, and I think another huge addition uh, to the team is the rookie Jared Butler. The, the fact that the jazz got him in the second round is a steal. The guy's a lottery talent type player yeah. and he's already shown a few things. There was one move in particular, the jazz were broadcasting a practice on zoom and he absolutely freezes Mike Conley with a quick little Tim Hardaway crossover. He's got, he's, he's got an elite handle and he just does this quick little in out bing bang, and then drives the lane and does a big floater over Rudy Gobert. 
for the bucket. And he just does, he has such a natural feel for the game. And as a 20 year old, the IQ that he has, he does little things like he already can get the defender on his hip with the search dribble out of the pick and roll. Um, he can already shoot from three. Uh, and that just gives the jazz another thing that they missed where they didn't have another backup point guard who could break down the defense when Conley and Donovan Mitchell were, were injured. So I'm high on this team. I have a little bit of like cautious optimism, but I think they're going to be really good. And I think they're a team that can definitely get to the Western conference finals. Okay. Okay. All right, Jay, who you got? Number two. Yeah, we brought up some great points there, uh, Greg, with Utah. But I got Phoenix as my second seed, so we all kind of all got different uh, two mm-hmm. seeds. But I think, you know, returning a lot of the same reasons, I have them as, you know, one, two. Obviously, Utah, you know, is my first seed. Now you can, you know, do the math. But, uh, you know, Phoenix is bringing back a lot of, the you know, the same starting five. Uh, the upgrade or, you know, the development of DeAndre Ayton is going to take place as well. Uh, I love the addition of uh, Laundry Shamit. And then what we saw from campaign is to counter your point of having Phoenix so low, John, um, the emergence of campaign, we saw what he could do when Chris Paul was injured and out. So that's my counter to, you know, the age of, uh, of Chris Paul. You have the bench, you have that depth. Adding Landry Shamet as well. I know he's not a, a point guard, but he can get his buckets. He can, you know, he's a, a serviceable defender, um, a, a knockdown shooter. And then you got D Book, who I think we're going to see the, the development even more so uh, this next this next year. And I think he's going to look to extend his range to the three if he can be, you know, a 35, 37 plus uh, three point shooter. I think it's numbers and it's going to be even more to the development of his game. But I think, you know, Monty Williams has a great system there. The guys are bought in. Uh, Cameron Johnson's a great addition, or sorry, a great piece for them in his development. Even I think you can potentially see him starting uh, over uh, Jay Crowder towards Uh at some point in the season. So I think Phoenix is right there as one of the top seeds in the West. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be back in the Western Conference Finals. I have uh, L.A. Uh, sorry, the Lakers and uh, Utah, depending on seeding, being in the Western Conference Finals right now. But uh, Phoenix is right there with the top of the West. Okay, all right. So, so to to you guys, that run wasn't phony. It wasn't all those injuries. Mm-hmm. So that that was all real to y'all. Yeah. yeah. Do you think For they sure. would have beat all those teams if none of those players got hurt? Yeah, we can only oh, find out. To, yeah, and Mikhail Bridges, I'm, I'm, yeah, totally forgot to mention him. One of the most versatile players and a three and D guys in the game. Um, hopefully, Phoenix can figure it out and re-sign uh, or extend their contracts in DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges. But I think they have, that whole lineup has just so much versatility, and it makes them really hard to beat and a tough out in the playoffs as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm right there with Jay Hill. I mean, Phoenix is my, my number one seed. I don't think that they're a fluke. Um, when you have, you know, I don't think we, I don't have any more questions about Devin Booker. You know, we all like the one knock on him was like, yeah, he can get buckets, but can he do it in the playoffs? And that the answer is absolutely. Yes. This is a team that is built for the playoffs, you know, and 
you've got you got campaign as the guard. You also got Alfred Payton as a guy who can who can come in and 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 play and be serviceable. Um, another thing is uh, one of the things that really did Phoenix in um, was when Dario Saric tore his ACL. Was hmm. they didn't have another serviceable big man um, outside of Aiton. I think Aiton is going to be great. It would not surprise me at all if Aiton made an All Star team this year. I think you know we I, I've had talks with with people online and even on our show about like if you were building a franchise, would you rather take Rudy Gobert or DeAndre Aiton? I said Aiton because Aiton will give you eighty percent of Rudy Gobert's defense and 150% of Rudy Gobert's offense. And I say that as a guy who thinks that Rudy Gobert is going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like he's that, you know, three-time defensive player of the years make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I'm really high on eight, and I think he's going to be really good. And again, like, like Denver, they just have so much length and athleticism and versatility with guys like, like Mikhail Bridges and Crowder and Cam Johnson, you know, all of these different guys. I love the addition of Shamit. They're just, they're so deep and they're so good, both offensively and defensively. And even if Chris Paul is 36 guys, still Chris Paul, yeah. he's still the point guard, man. Like, mm-hmm. There are a few guys I would trust to run my team more than Chris Paul. And I say that as a noted Chris Paul hater. <laughs> All right. All right. right. Well, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that definitely makes sense, man. So then let's just, let's, let me kick it off here. My number one seed, and that is Greg's team, man. I got the Utah jazz, Greg, and I had to put him in the number one seed, man. Cause honestly to, to, to me, Greg, they might be one of the deepest. They were already, in my opinion, one of the deepest teams in the league. They have multiple, multiple players to play at, at each position, like for, for backups. And then you, you look at their offseason addition, man, they, they signed uh, a vet in, in, uh, in, in Rudy and Rudy Gay. And then they also mm-hmm. bring, you know, bench scoring in, in Eric Pascal. So I think, I think that'd be good, man. I also think that they're like how we were talking about the Lakers are constructed to be a playoff team. I think the jazz are constructed to be a regular season season team man like they are just extremely deep they have continuity they've been playing together now for some time and i just think that it, it, it fits man when you when you look at their roster it fits every single position fit but the only problem i have and just i just gotta add this is that they just can't be my championship favorites because of rudy gobert man and it's just it just hurts my heart man because they're just so good but it's just yeah. like that one rudy is just so unplayable when it gets to the playoffs that it, it, it makes it tough for the Jazz to ever to ever really uh, win anything, man. But uh, that, that's why I got him on number one. Yeah, I, and, and to your point, and I would counter with, um, you know, that's why the Jazz came in and they went out and they got a Rudy Gay and an Eric Pascal, um, as well as why they drafted Jared Butler. You know, they needed they needed more playmaking and they needed um, more versatility. And I think they've got that now. It's hard to look at um, losing Derek Favors and losing George Niang and netting Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gay, and Eric Pascal and say, like, yeah, this roster didn't get better. Very hard, especially yeah. for a yeah. team that was already good. You, you added player, you yes. added that to a team that was already good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it, you know, when you add guys like that, it's going to allow the thing that really did 
the Jazz in and really did a disservice to the team last season was Quinn Snyder basically played a um, playoff lineup, you know, a playoff rotation throughout the entire season. He did not trust his end of bench guys. In fact, he played his end of bench guys fewer than any coach in the league. I don't think he has to do that now. I think you're going to see with someone like Jared Butler, Mike Conley is going to sit some more back-to-back games. You know, uh, with Hassan Whiteside, you'll probably have Rudy Gobert sit. And, you know, Rudy Gay can come in and play. And Boyan or Joe Ingles can sit. You're going to get more load management. And I think you're going to have a team that's fresher for the playoffs. Like, I have a hard time believing that the Utah Jazz, had they been healthy against the Clippers, they don't win that series. That's not what happened. Can't cry over spilled milk. But if this is a team that is healthy coming into the playoffs, they are incredibly dangerous. Incredibly dangerous, man. The Utah Jazz, man, are lethal. All right, man. So, so, th- so that 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 go ahead and, and wraps it up for our uh, our our list here. But Greg, we like to do this. We like to do this little thing here at the end. Uh, you, yeah, it's not guest the player. We switched okay. it up. We switched it okay. up this time. We switched it up for. We were doing guest the player for the interviews. But we, well, what we got over here is we got these Western Conference League Pass teams. So, Greg, we know, you know, we okay. know, we know you're a Utah Jazz fan. We know you mm-hmm. got the unsalvageable. For all the fans, make sure you guys go check that out. We know Jay Hill's a Warriors fan. We know I'm a Lakers fan, but. Who to you, Greg, is the team you're, man, you're watching this year besides the Utah Jazz? You're like, man, they're a sleeper. Um, Same as it was last year in the Western Conference. My league pass team is Memphis. Memphis? I, I, I think they're so fun to watch. They're young. They're athletic. They're scrappy. And, like, John Morant's up there with, like, the coolest player in the league, man. It's like him neck and neck with Anthony Edwards. Like, when you got when you have John ja Morant with the basketball in his hands, that is much watch at all time. I respect a guy who's six two and maybe one hundred sixty pounds soaking wet, who just wants to dunk on everyone. Everyone, man. I yeah, I I, I really like that team. Um, still wish they had Jonas Valanciunas, but again, I'm I'm not a GM. But yeah, that is that's going to be my team. I also think the Warriors are going to be really fun to watch this year. Warriors gonna be a great team. Yeah, just, they're gonna be really fun. Jay, my, hey brother, my fault, brother. Uh, t- t- talk to me about the number one seed, brother. My fault about that. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, no, it's it's the Utah Jazz, uh, and, and it's for a variety of reasons. I think first first off, um, I think like Greg mentioned, they were uh, a healthy roster away from being in the NBA Finals last year and potentially having a great shot of beating the Bucks, in my opinion. Uh, and then you, you mix, you add that into the equation, led by Donovan Mitchell, one of the most prolific scorers slash players in the league. Uh, Mac 11, a great, great, great point guard, head of the snake uh, when he's healthy. Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, um, and then Rudy Gobert, who I'm very high on as well. I think Rudy is, I think he's as good as he is defensively. I think he's underrated. Uh, by most of the league, what he does um, for the Jazz defensively and offensively as well, rebounding, but his defensive presence and his mere presence on the floor is so, so valuable uh, to the Jazz. And it could be argued whether, obviously, Donovan Mitchell is very valuable, but Rudy Gobert is just right there in terms of the value he brings to the team and to their success, success, John. So I think you're kind of, sleeping on him as as well as a lot of people 
Um, his deficiencies are far less than what he can bring to the value of the Jazz. And I, I love Quinn Snyder uh, as a coach. I think he's one of the best in the league. And his, the system he runs, uh, players just come in there and they feel like they have a home. You know, he, he's seen the resurgence of a lot of careers. One that comes to mind uh, is Jordan Clarkson, who's <laughs> had a major career resurgence there. Uh, and, we, you know, no one really mentioned him, but I think he's one of the reasons why I have them at the top of the, the uh, of the West. And um, as one of the better records in the league this year is because he brings, as well as other players, brings so much versatility. We talked about Rudy, Go uh, Rudy Gay, excuse me, and Eric Pascal um, added to the mix. And I think that's really going to put them over the hump and they're going to be a tough out and, if they get knocked out, honestly, um, in the West. So that's what I got to say about the Jazz. They're my number one seed. Okay. And, Jay, that, that's a great point because that even uh, correlates with what we were talking about with Greg when we did our Utah Jazz interview. We, we know we were talking about uh, do, do you look to, to trade Rudy even because he's so unplayable? And then Greg said, like, no, who do you get back for Rudy? You know, you're not going to get anyone that brings what Rudy brings. So that, that definitely, uh, that definitely good point there. But Jay, since, uh, since I'm, I messed up that number one seat, talk to us about your, uh, your league pass team, Jay, who you got, who you got in the league pass, who you excited for to watch in the West besides the Warriors? Yeah, no, I, I got a few teams. Uh, one, I love watching the, the jazz play, uh, but uh, just because surely, surely because uh, they, just the way their ball movement, similar to the Warriors, um, great system, great players. I love watching Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert work the pick and roll game, and just watching Donovan Mitchell just in general. I mean, he's so fun to watch. But my lower level team or a team that kind of overlooked is the Timberwolves. I'm excited to see that big three, or sorry, their big three, I should say, of D'Lo, um, Anthony Edwards and Cat this year. I think he's going to have a great season as well. And I think they're just going to be a fun team to watch, fun young team in the West um, who's hungry and, and has a lot to prove. All right. All right. Well, then my team – it, my team, I was going to go with the Grizzlies, but Greg took it, man. So I got to join us over here, man. The water's fine. I <laughs> promise you water's warm. And I, cause I love John Moran, man. I'm telling you, that is my favorite love player outside, like outside of like, you know, the, the LeBrons and all that, man, John Moran is, is a boy, but I have to go with, I'll go to different, I'll go with the Rockets, man. Cause I really, you know, as much as like the Rockets are going to be low and losing a lot of games, it's going to be a lot of fun buckets, man. Jalen Green is an exciting young player to watch. So I'm just I'm just excited to watch that. I also like Christian Wood a lot, man. That's a big who can shoot, you know, step out a little bit. So just I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm just excited to 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 check that out, man. But um but okay, man. Well, th this is a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh Greg, you got any last words to say here before we uh, sign off here? Uh I mean, no, not really other than thank you so much for having me. It's always a good time to, you know, sit down and chat basketball with you boys. So I appreciate the uh, opportunity to come on again. No problem, Greg, man, you, you are the man. And for all the fans, don't forget to, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And also don't forget to check out Greg's pod, the unsalvageable Utah jazz podcast. It's going to be right there in his bubble. It's going to, everything's going to be in the, in the description down below. So check that out. Check out Greg's Twitter. You go check him out. Go show him some love, man. And uh, Jay Hill, you got any last words you want to say here for Greg? 
Nah, as always, Greg, appreciate you coming on. It was fun as usual. Um, great guest. And yeah, check out check out everything he does uh, on Salvageables, uh, everything over there. Uh, it's Twitter as well. So he's got some good content on there. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a fun season. The West is stacked, honestly. So it could go all these seeds we got. It could be completely different. Who knows? But I'm just looking forward to NBA basketball less than a week away. Let's get it, man. Let's get it, here. man. Oh, man. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> ready. It's it's already starting to get really cold here in Utah. And I know that I'm yeah. going to just be spending more and more time inside because I'm a giant baby when it comes to the cold. <laughs> so I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready for league pass and I'm ready to just hibernate with nba basketball for the yeah. next six months oh yeah We're baby Let, <laughs> let's do it man let's do it man so don't forget to like comment subscribe and we had a uh, clutch talk out after you take brandy to the prom you coming back to school with shades on your head literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody, helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.